0: Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. Let's pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Alright, so my family lives all across the nation. Uh, My immediate family lives in Tennessee, but the rest of us, live in Wisconsin and California and Mexico all over. Uh, we obviously could not get together this year but Thanksgiving has been the one holiday that we all commit to. We're gonna be there. Um, and my cousin lives in Wisconsin has these twin boys and they're so much fun. Uh, they're getting to be six I believe and um, last Thanksgiving when we were all together um, my brother was playing with them and Um, chasing them around. They were giggling, screaming, having so much fun, but they did start to wear out a little bit. And at this point, one of them turns around frustrated and just says, who are you? And we just all laughed because, you know, we, at this point we had spent, you know, five Thanksgivings with them. It was the end of Thanksgiving. It was a Saturday after we'd, we'd been in the same house for this long and they still didn't know who my brother was. They're their mom's cousin. And so as I was laughing about this, I just, I love this question of who are you? It's so simple yet so complex. Um, and as I began reflecting on what Ash Wednesday really means, the, this idea of remembering who I am kept coming up over and over again. It came up in multiple conversations, um, and I was like, all right, God, we'll wrestle with this. <laughs> Let's explore it. And there's so many ways that we can identify ourselves, our name, our relationship to others, the church we go to or don't go to, our occupation, things that we're known for, etc., etc. And as I re- wrestled with this question myself, who am I? Can anyone guess what musical came to mind? Of course, Les Miserables, one of my favorites. Now I can recognize that you might not all be musical people, but in my defense, it's also a book. It was first a book that you should definitely read. Not that I have, my husband has. Um, but I, I do wanna give us some context in case it's been a while since you've seen the, the musical um, or if you've read the book or haven't seen it at all. So it starts with this man uh, named Jean Valjean. He was in prison for stealing a loaf of bread for his sister's son. They were all really hungry, it's really hard times in France. To the government, his identity was 24601. He was just a number in the prison system to them. And shortly into the musical, he is released from prison and immediately realizes the struggles of living as a convict in society. Something we can still relate to today. He will forever have these these papers with him that, that ties him to being a convict. He's desperate for relief. There's nowhere to turn. He's hungry and being kicked out of places where he's trying to sleep until a priest finally takes him in. Out of fear and desperation, he leaves in the middle of the night with some of the priest's fine silver. If you do read the book, uh, you learn that this was a luxury. Um, This was the only luxury that he had still in his home. He had uh, given the rest of his belongings to the poor and did not want that to corrupt his relationship with God but he did afford himself this one this one luxury uh, so p- of course Valjean is caught by the police and brought um, to the priest the next morning Valjean had lied and said that you know the priest had given him the silver even though he hadn't um, but when the guards bring him to the priest uh, the priest tells them that he did in fact give him the silver and even he forgot the best of it the candlesticks he sends the guards off and he tells Valjean that he must use this precious silver to become an honest man. What a gift. What grace. And it's so cool because uh, while Valjean sells the silver to start his life over, uh, he always keeps the candlesticks with him for the remaining of the musical uh, to remind him of this grace that he received and to continue to be a conduit of that same grace and goodness. And in our gospel reading today, we learned that our giving, our praying, and our fasting is for God and for and for no one else. We're called to do these things in private and not to, not to win the approval of others, but to win the approval of God. And these are all good things, praying, fasting, all good things, but like anything else, they can be corrupted. And now it's so easy for me to stand up here and tell you not to seek the approval of others because uh, it is really hard. In fact, I think we don't even realize the water that we're swimming in um, and that we are seeking the approval of others at certain times. Um, It's so prevalent that we don't even notice that we rely on it. And praying and fasting and these things take us out of these waters and and bring our focus back to God and what he wants with us. So it's it's always been about our relationship with God and not about showing off um, how good of a Christian we are. Jean Valjean could have easily um, said sweet, sold the silver, and remained a dishonest man. And in our day and age, he could have avoided the pain um, of what he's going through with distractions. Um, You know, turn to the TV or food or friends um, to just, you know, remove the pain. But instead, he wrestles with God. He looks to what he's done, the sin, the darkness, all of it. And he looks to what the priest has offered him on behalf of God. All he has ever known, the water that he swims in, is take an eye for an eye, not grace, not freedom. He could have easily, um, the priest could have easily thrown Valjean back in jail, but instead, here's a direct quote from the song about the priest He told me that I have a soul. How does he know? What spirit comes to move my life? Is there another way to go? I am reaching, but I fall and the night is closing in and I stare into the void, to the whirlpool of my sin. I'll escape now from the world, from the world of Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean is nothing now. Another story must begin. Ash Wednesday is about returning to who we really are, who we are in Christ who we are when we receive this blessing, this grace, and begin a new story. We are free from the water we swim in and we are enabled to pick up our cross and become people after holiness. As Valjean wrestled uh, with this, he acknowledges um, that bondage is what he knows. It's comfortable and I think the same is for us. We're used to this water where we swim in, we're comfortable. Um, but there is life abundant when we pick up the cross. The music is beautiful at this point in the story because it goes from this intense, uh, somber music of him wrestling with God, um, and then springs into this joyful, hopeful music when he uh, screams out, another story must begin. And the priest models what our scriptures say so well. Uh, They say, stop collecting treasures for your own benefit on earth where moth and rust eat them, and where thieves break in and steal them. Instead, collect treasures for yourself in heaven, where moth and rust don't eat them, and where thieves don't break in and steal them. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If the priest's heart had been with the silver, he would have put Valjean back in prison. If he had been scared of what his sisters would think of him by giving away the only valuables they had, uh, he would have held on to the silver. It is always about where our heart is and are we holding on to the things, to our things more valiantly than we are holding on to God. So Valjean goes on to be this decent man building a life and an honorable business uh, for himself, Uh, but he hasn't finished working through who he is. In the midst of this good life by society's standards, he founds out another man has been arrested in his name because they thought it was him. He wrestles again with what he should do. It would have been easier to ignore it and to preserve himself in this life that he built. He goes through it all. Can he face his friends? Can he set face himself? And ultimately, can he face God while living this lie? And God is what really convinces him to turn himself in. He remembers the hope and strength that God gave him when he had nothing. Even though he has plenty now, he's willing to give it all up um, to have the approval of God because he belongs to God. I could preach for hours and hours through the intricacies of the rest of the musical. And I've really only talked about the early parts of it. So if this intrigues you at all, go go look into it. Um, But I wanna jump off here and talk about how important it is to wrestle with things in our lives. How important self-reflection is um, for assessing where we are with God and assessing who we are. We begin Lent today, and I was reading an article a few days ago about how it's kind of a yearly checkup uh, where we can evaluate where we are, cut out any unhealthy habits, and add healthy ones. This is something I love about our denomination is this regular practice of repentance through evaluation, confession, and turning towards this new life that's offered to us. A conversation I had this past week um, was in our Tuesday Bible study and someone on the call said, you know, being a Christian is kind of like being Jello. We don't fit perfectly anywhere, it can be messy, there's not clean straight lines and that's so true. I think the true church feels this discomfort, we are always moving and transforming, we are in process. Who are we? We are people of the cross Um, and the sign on our forehead reminds us of that. And we will, we will go where God takes us and where this takes us. And as we begin this Lenten journey, I pray that we will have reverence for God before we have fear of people. May we strip away the, the barriers uh, that prevents the growth of God's kingdom by returning to God, returning to who we are as people of the cross. Amen.